0: Welcome to season four of your next mission video podcast. We have a great show for you today that focuses on United States Army Installations Command and also known as uh, MCOM. They are, as you'll see here, the Army's home. What a great video. MCOM's command team will tell us how they manage the day-to-day operations of all the Army installations around the globe and how they support our soldiers and family. It's gonna be a good one. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
1: Welcome to your next mission video podcast, where we tell the stories of those who have served in the past and those who are serving today. From transition to financial wellness, VA benefits to mental health. We cover issues facing veterans, active military, and their families. Now here's your host, the 12th Sergeant Major of the Army and co-founder of the American Freedom Foundation, Jack L. Tilley.
0: Hello out there, warriors, past and present, and your families. Thank you for your service to our great country. Now, before we get started, I personally wanna thank our presenting sponsors, Navy Federal Credit Union, Purdue Global, and USA, for making your next mission happen. They love our veterans and family. I'm gonna say it every week, we love them too. As I said earlier, we have a great show today, focusing on the U.S. Army Installation Management Command, MCOM, and I'm so excited to introduce the MCOM Command Team, Lieutenant General Omar J. Jones IV, Commanding General and CSM Jason R. Copeland the Command Sergeant Major. I'm already pumped up just talking to you guys right here.
2: Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, so Major, it is great to be here. And before we go any further, thank you. Thank you for your service, and thank you for what you continue to do for soldiers, Soldiers for Life, Army families across the board. It's great to see you again. Whoa!
3: Hey, hey, so, hey, I'm just going to give you the whoa, just like you always <laughs> say. <laughs> hey, that whoa means a lot of stuff.
0: Yes, I love it. Yes, I hate it. Yes, I whatever. Well, hey, sir, be- before we get into all the details of what we saw in that video, what a great video that was, would each one of you tell the audience just a little bit about yourself? And, sir, we'll start with you.
2: Hey, thank you, sir, Major. So, Sergeant Major, I've been a soldier for 31 years. Um, career infantry officer, I've had the privilege of leading soldiers from the lieutenant level, uh, platoon level, all the way up to general officer level. Have not had a bad assignment in my career, uh, whether it was operational deployments, deployments in combat, training at home station. I love being a soldier and love serving around soldiers and their families. I'm from uh, Ellicott City, Maryland, just outside of Baltimore, that, that is home for me. I come from a family of educators um two of my three sons are currently serving today as is my daughter-in-law my third son is running track and cross country down at virginia tech in blacksburg virginia and my wife is a high school counselor in our hometown at maryland continuing to serve help young people figure out what they want to do in their lives but uh being a soldier is a highlight of my life and you know the opportunity here in IMCOM to support soldiers and families and soldiers for life every day i think we've got the best jobs in the army
0: Wait wait a second so I was you said you have thirty one years, you're still working, I had thirty-six. I was gonna call you a quitter, but I guess you're gonna still keep going. You'll probably catch up with me. Sock I
3: go ahead, bud. Uh so hey SMA, I'm 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 a little bit behind you all. I'm a, I'm only at 27 years. Rookie. but I'm still I'm still pushing it. Um, but I'm an I'm an interesting story. I'm from a Navy town in Portsmouth, Virginia. Um, I'm an Air Force military child that joined the Army uh, because I wanted to make a name for myself and do my own thing. Uh, proud military police soldier, and and that's originally how I came into Installation Management Command and the Director of the Emergency Service, uh, and then going off and going back to the the MP Corps and doing my, my leadership time, but came back as a garrison sergeant major and then uh worked through the ID and now uh have the awesome privilege of of working here with General Jones as as we lead uh uh installation management command.
0: Now did I hear it right? The rest of your family was in the Navy and, and the Air Force? <laughs> is, is that right? And you went Absolutely. and so they, they probably don't even talk to you because you're in the army, right?
3: Well, the Army-Navy games are really, really uh, <laughs> important, um, but uh, the rest of them, no, we're, we're pretty good, and, yeah. and they're, they're proud that uh, I joined the Army, and um, it's kind of the family business. It was the, the other folks that joined the Navy and the Air Force that's, that was out of the, the business itself.
0: Yeah. I tell everybody that the Army changed my life uh, in, in a good way. That's for doggone sure. Sir, Installation Manager Command is a uh, fairly new command. I really, uh, 2002. That's when I was, you know, still in the Army, and uh, I know that was created in 2002. Please uh, tell us about, you know, the history of MCOM.
2: Absolutely, sir, Major. We, we talk about it here in the command. Is really four four critical decisions from from the Army leadership. And if you think back to your time before you were the SMA, we did installation management at the local level. So installation management competed for leaders' time and resources with taking care of soldiers and families, readiness building. And so in 2002, the Secretary of the Army made the decision that we're going to centralize that. We're going to have one organization focused on supporting commanders in terms of managing installations, so the commanders could focus on taking care of their people and building readiness. And so they stood up first, Installation Management Agency, and that went till about 2006-2007. And the Army is a command-centric service. And at that point, the second decision, the Army senior leaders said, "This is working pretty well." And when the Army wants something to keep working well, they put it, make it a command. And they went from the uh, the agency to installation management command and stationed us here in Joint Base San Antonio here here in Texas. At that time, my predecessors were dual had it. They worked as an Army staff officer and as the commander. And they did that till about 2015. And they separated the two. The Army said, we want a three star commander focused on managing our installations. Then we need a three-star leader who is working in the Pentagon, work, work in the staff issues and all the important things that happen as the headquarters department of the Army. Mm-hmm. Then the fourth big decision in 2019, uh, the Army moved IMCOM, Installation Management Command from being a direct report to the Army leadership to working under Army Materiel Command. Uh, and what that has really allowed me and my predecessors to do is to focus on our 80 installations around the world. So that AMC, Focus on all those four-star strategic issues, and we focus on making sure that our garrisons, our five directorates, have everything they need to support soldiers and support families, support the mission uh, around the army. But it is a uh, it is incredible command. We touch everything the army does every day and support it, and hopefully add value to it um, at every echelon or in every installation around the army. It's a great place to serve.
0: Yeah, I, you know, as you're talking about that, I remember when I was a brigade and division sergeant major and all the additional things that you had to do. I mean, if you, i, I I'll probably get the number wrong, but I think when I was a division sergeant major, I, on any given day, I'd have 700 people out doing stuff. Uh, and then we got alerted to go to war and then who's going to do that stuff. And it's all about taking care of the family. Is sergeant Major, you want to add anything to what the general just said? I, on all uh, these things, when I asked him a question, I want you to make sure you throw your two cents <laughs> in there too. I'm not going to cut you out. We
3: will. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. Uh, and you know, I'm I'm accustomed to that. But it it just touched on, you touched on it. Who does it when when the units have to go out and do the army's mission? Um and that's and that's essentially what we are. We we do this to ensure that those families that are back at home um they have enough worries. Um they shouldn't have to worry about where their care and services is going to come from. And that's really and truly what our command focuses on, uh, those garrison commanders and sergeant majors out there and, and those civilian professionals, ensuring that there is not one thing that will stop um, when the service member goes off and, and does the nation's business. Sir, sir, sergeant major, I think you already answered this question. I'm going to ask it
0: again. Mission um, your, uh, MCOM's mission is to support the highest quality of life in the Army's families around the uh, around the readiness for soldiers around the world. Uh, uh, sir, I, as I was just talking just a minute ago, I was thinking about the budget of MCOM uh, and all this stuff. Because I, I got to be honest with you, when I was on active duty, uh, when they started cutting resources, the first place that normally went they went to Installation Command. They start cutting our resources. So I, I was telling somebody before the show started that. Uh, if we ask for whatever we ask for, you probably get seventy percent of what you're asking for. Is that you can talk about the mission a little bit, what you're doing, but but also the budget there a little bit too.
2: Well, so Major, I'll tell you, like, and you remember your time from in, in uniform. It is always about priorities, uh, and it is always about requirements, resources, and risk. You're never going to have enough resources for all the requirements that are out there. It's just making sure that the empowered commander. Makes decision about what risk we're gonna we're gonna accept, and I had that conversation a lot with our senior commanders that command the installations around the Army to make sure that with the resources we have, with the people we have, we're supporting their priorities. And we're not going to get to all the priorities, but that we are going to get to the things that are most important to them and the things that are most important to the Army, and that the risk that they and I am accepting that that we acknowledge, and it's, it's a prudent acceptance of risk. And and we're always having that conversation about the. Those senior commanders, what's most important to them, and how do we support them in their priorities? Yeah,
0: are they going back to budget? Though, are you still pretty good with your budget and everything as far as
2: funding? I know you smiled when I said that the first time, but <laughs> well, I'm smiling. Sir, Major, have you ever talked to a commander that said they had no. enough money? No, absolutely um, not. I, they I, never I, want enough sure that. <laughs> money. No, and that's but I, I will tell you that. Um, our Army leadership, uh, you know, particularly you know, our Chief of Staff and our Secretary, are absolutely committed to resourcing the installations against you know all the other parties the Army has. You know, I find that they make what we do on the installations because of the quality of life and because of the readiness, you know, we we get the resources to accomplish that mission. Could we apply more to the mission? A hundred percent, but I am very grateful for the support from the Army senior leaders and uh, Under Secretary Warmouth and General McConville's leadership. They've continued to do that and uh, project that going forward. Yeah, the,
0: the uh, I'm gonna ask a couple of questions that we probably didn't ask him for. One is, what what's the major issue? And this is a question for both of you. What's the major issue for MCOM uh, as far as soldier and readiness or whatever with the, the m- maybe one or two top two issues that you have in your command? and.
2: Let me hit one, and then I'll talk somebody to Copeland for, for his. I, I think it's infrastructure, Sergeant Major. Uh, you know, we have 80 installations around the world where we have either a garrison or army support activity supporting all the mission partners there, yeah. all the units there, all the soldiers and families. And, and our infrastructure, um, you know, those are 80 small cities. And in some cases, when you look at Fort Cavazos, Fort Liberty, those are big cities. Yeah. Um, and there's always going to be infrastructure challenges. And how do we make sure that the resources the Army has is going against the right challenge to have the greatest impact? And and that is we probably spend almost more than any other topic making sure that we're taking care of the infrastructure. And it may be training ranges that are out there, barracks, absolutely, um, working with privatized housing partner. But we spend a lot of time thinking about the physical infrastructure because it does support quality of life and readiness. And and those are – I I know as we send requirements up for consideration by the Army leadership – you know, where those dollars go against those requirements are, are some of the hardest decisions that the senior leadership has to make. So that's, that's probably one of our biggest challenges. What do you think? Uh,
3: yeah. Yes, sir. So absolutely. And, and the only thing that I would add to that is um, the commitment the SMA has on barracks um, and and the design and what we are putting in the barracks to take care of our, our soldiers and, and their quality of life uh, each and every day. There's been a strong emphasis on what we are doing um, to assist those those soldiers as they live in the barracks and, and getting that right. Um, and then the management of the barracks. Um, but my top thing that the, the, you know, the CG has me working on is, is programming. Um, what programs do we have for the soldiers that not only assist the single soldiers um, as we just finished the the better opportunities for single soldier uh, training form last week um, but, the, what are those other services and programs that we have for the families that are out there? Uh, what educational services do we do we offer, and how are we communicating that in a way that senior commanders know what programs and services they have on their installations and what the garrison commanders um, and sergeant majors' focus really should be on for their installation? Because every you figure you got eighty different places, and they're all unique, um, so. What challenges are you having at your installation and what programs are we um, offering that supports that senior commander and those those soldiers and those families that are on ground?
0: Oh, my good. you know, I tell you what, uh, uh, this next question I'm gonna ask is, is for you, Sergeant Major, this is a good question for you. With over 80 installations and in fine directorates <laughs> around the globe, you both gotta be really busy all the time. I'm, I'm sure I'm lucky to get you in the office here today just to do this show. So what's a, what does a day in the life of the command, Angel, command Sergeant Major look like? What's an average day? And you both can answer that question too. Go ahead, Sergeant Major, we'll start with you.
3: Yeah, so SMA, I will tell you, it is, it is very interesting. Um, you know, I've been in, in Installation Management Command for a while um, now and off and on since 2014, but I will tell you, um, my day is a little easier because I know um, why. Though, And it, for me, it starts with the why. And that's soldiers, families, and our civilian professionals that are out there and ensuring that that we're doing our level best to keep them safe, keep them secure. You figure they're communities. Every last one of these places are communities. And those Garrison Command Teams out there, they're like city managers um, to put it in, into kind of a perspective, um, where they're making decisions about how we can keep them safe and secure, what services that that we're providing on that installation, um, and then why we're here, um, what we do that for, so that those those units can actually go out and, and maintain the readiness and deploy when when they you know the call comes in, and that. As we said before, they're, they're taken care of, their families are taken care of while they're out. Yeah. Sergeant
0: Major, you made me think of something. You know, when I was when I was on activity, one of the hardest things to do is to inform people, keep people informed about what's going on, all that stuff. Uh, Sergeant Major, I'm going to come back to you again. What's uh, marketing, social media? How do you, much do you get involved with that? Because uh, with AD installation, it's got to be hard just to connect with them. So you do you do a lot of social media, probably a lot of Zoom calls, I'm sure, but a lot of social media stuff out there?
3: Yeah. So uh, digital garrison is what we came up with. Um, so each one of the garrison has a, a platform that a soldier can download onto their phone. They can click on that and it gives them all the information that they need Um for that installation that they're going to or um, the installation that they're currently on. So constant communication is is the key. Um, and as you mentioned, 80 across the world, um, it can kind of get a little uh, hokey sometimes. We learned during COVID how to talk on MS Teams, how to use Zoom, um, how to communicate. Um, but really and truly, uh, it's mission Command. Um, we, we give guidance. Um, the senior commanders give guidance locally. Those garrison commander and sergeant major are trained here uh, and understand what it is that they're supposed to do. So that communication and then really and truly word of mouth, social media, um, marketing any way that we can. We go where the soldier and their families are. What platforms are you using so that we can communicate with you and ensure that you have the most up-to-date information? Yeah, yeah, well, I'm gonna ask. somebody somebody make me think of something else here, while You're talking to <laughs> uh, family
0: issues. The same way with families. How do you connect with families? Do still do the same way in social media stuff like that? I mean, that's always a tough one.
3: Absolutely. And then we have the professionals over in ACS that can um, is one-stop shop. Um, and then we, as we learned and we progressed on on our digital Garrison platform, three clicks. Um, and it gets you an answer or it gets you in contact with someone who can get you uh, a particular answer to a question that you may have. Um, Understanding that You know, you utilize Mill Connect and and Military OneSource and all of those different kind of things that's going to connect you to uh, whatever garrison that you are going to. Um, And then being able to click on digital garrison and hit the Contact Us button uh, will get you some uh, immediate answers to those questions.
0: Perfect. I'd add to that
3: just for, for
2: both of us. You know, one of our mantras is no soldier or family should ever feel unheard. Yeah. Uh, so if they've got a question, they've got a concern, they've got something they need help with, to make sure it's you know all the resources, digital garrison, uh, we have websites on every every garrison out there, MWR website, etc. But but also there's garrison professionals that are out there. You know, if there's someone that's got a question, they're new on an installation, they've got a question about childcare, you know, go go see child and youth services, and then we'll get the question answered. You got a, a question about spouse employment go see Army Community Service. Uh, if they got a problem with housing, go see the housing office. But our garrison professionals know that part of their job is is to be there to listen to Army soldiers and families, soldiers for life out there, and connect them to the resources, just like Sergeant Major Copeland talked about. That's such a critical piece of our job. No soldier, no family should ever feel unheard.
0: Yeah, the other thing, just to add on what you just said, sir, the other thing is, if somebody asks a question, make sure you get them an answer. Whether or not it's no or yes or whatever, you gotta give them an answer.
2: You gotta feel heard. It, it, it's important. Yeah, yeah.
0: Sir, how sir, how do you uh how do you man I guess you probably already just answered the question right there, but how do you manage and support soldiers around the world? I mean, I guess that's that's the way through social media is probably the biggest way.
2: Well, it's a couple things. So I'll add, you know, you, you asked about you know our, our day-to-day schedule, and I, I can't add anything better to what Sergeant Major Copeland talked about, the why. But I'll share with you, we we do have a um appropriate frequency of travel, but we're on the, we're on the road a lot. But the best part of that is when we travel, you know, we'll spend a week in the Pacific, uh, you know, during one month, a week in Europe, uh, another month, and then just almost every week, going out and seeing one of the 80 that are out there. But when we go, we say, thank you. We make sure the team knows they're valued Mm -hmm. and we listen to them. If there's a problem we can take away and help with, or well, what I really like is when they're really proud of something we can take back and share with the other 80. But that is why we pack the bags and travel around the world, travel around the country, is but first and foremost, thank you for what you do and, and, and it makes a difference. But your question, are Major, about how, how we do it. The Army is unique among the Department of Defense in terms of how it does installation management. And it really works for the Army, in my opinion. So we've got those senior commanders. They command the place. And when they wear that hat, they work right for the Secretary of the Army. They're either Corps commanders, Division commanders, and Forces Command, Center of Excellence commanders, and TRADOC, but typically General Officer commanders. And then we have IMCOM. And our garrison's right there on the installation. They bring the experts, they bring the money, and direct support of those senior commanders. Back to the earlier topic about senior commanders say, These are my priorities. And then our job is to take the expertise of installation management and the resources to accomplish those priorities. But that really works across the Army and works great for the culture, the people-centric culture of our service. But then having a command at the four-star level, materiel command, here at the three-star level, right to our garrisons, focused on that, Really works for the Army. And I think we've proven that as an Army over the past 20, uh, about 21 years now.
0: Yeah. Sir, do you cross talk with other services about installation or MCOM about what you're doing, good or bad, and sort of share that information with the other services?
2: we do i think commiserate um, is probably uh, a better word than crosstalk but you know, we absolutely, absolutely do As a matter of fact i had my marine corps counterpart here in the office probably probably a month and a half ago two months ago uh, just sharing perspectives sharing lessons learned uh, and at least at least once a year if not twice a year we all get together uh, at a at, at a conference and the opportunity for us to just share those lessons learned and share you know where we've got friction points and how we're working through them i, I have found that invaluable yeah, you know, I commanded the military district of Washington as a major general, and that interaction with my other service counterparts was invaluable, and, and I have found the exact same thing here. Yeah, sir.
0: sir. Sergeant Major, I want to get into the MCOM's four, uh, four competencies, but before we do that, we're going we're gonna to take a quick break. We'll be right back. We're talking with Lieutenant General Omar J. Jones IV, Commanding General and CSM Jason R. Copeland, Command Sergeant Major, U.S. Army Installation Manager, Cam, MCOM, and you're watching Your Next Mission video podcast with me, your host, Jack Tilly, 12th Sergeant Major of the Army, I always love saying that. And don't forget, if you enjoyed this discussion, I know that you have, please like us, click on that subscribe button below. Also click on the bell next to the subscribe button to receive notifications of all of our upcoming video podcasts. Sir, would you tell us a little bit about uh, you, you know your four competencies? And Sergeant Major, feel free to join, You know, chime in there anytime you
2: want. Uh, thank you, Sergeant Major. And that's so when you go back to our mission, you know, to support senior commanders uh, with the quality of life for Army people and the readiness uh, of our Army. And it really breaks down to four things we do uh, for the Army across the board. And, and the first one is soldier and family programs. Your know, people are the number one priority for the Army. The Army is people. So how do we make sure we deliver those programs that support that quality of life for the folks that are serving today? the soldiers for life that have served previously and continue to serve, but also to inspire those Americans who want to come join the Army and and they see how the Army makes sure it provides that quality of life uh, for soldiers and Army families. Do you mean some of the things we do there, Sir Major? Yeah. Yeah.
3: And so um, along those lines is kind of what we talked about before in, in, the, in the programming and linking um, an office or a building or an agency with the service that they, they provide um, just to make sure that that communication is, is across the way um, so that they know, um, you know, whether it be the financial uh, uh, readiness that, that they need um, services as far as that, um, the CG mission, the CDC and the child and youth services programs. A lot of those things are at the forefront of what we are seeing. The young families need, um, along with the housing, and, and ensuring that they can get into um, the the housing and the, and the, using the lending closets, so that they're they're not paying out of pocket and a lot for things that they need as they get settled into those installations. How, so, how, yeah, yeah. Go. On, I'm sorry,
0: about, I didn't catch you. Off. Go ahead. You got anything else to say? No, said? I was
3: just saying those, <laughs> those are just some yeah, examples. you, know, you of can see I, I'm a
0: Type family. A personality. I want to jump in there all the time. Anyway, the uh, yeah. and no, no, but but how do you get input from the people on the ground? I mean, like uh, the family members or so. How do you get input about what the issues are? I mean, how do you get that information back to you say, you know, you're doing a lot of good stuff, but you may not be doing the right stuff. So how do you get input from the, uh, the people on the ground? Sir, Sergeant Major, you one of you can answer that
2: question. Well, we'll tag team, we'll tag team Sergeant Major. <laughs> Don't pick on me. <laughs> I mean, it's, it is that making sure that yeah. everyone knows that part of our job is listening. Yeah, uh, you know, you're you're Two ears, one mouth for a reason. You got to listen. But then also have the venues for it. You know, sometimes it is town halls. Sometimes it is our digital resources uh, that are out there to be able to get feedback uh, through those means. The other one, and it's really been um, really catching fire across the Army in the past few years, both senior commanders, garrison commanders, walking town halls. Yeah. They'll just grab some of their experts and just go walk the installation, and they'll just talk to soldiers, talk to families, letting them know, um, you know what resources are out there. But again, listening to them and getting the feedback, and then we've got to do something about it. You know, just last week, you know, uh, we've had a big focus with the Army leadership on those digital resources, the websites, the app, to make sure they're most as useful as possible for soldiers and families. And so we put a, a call across the Army. Let us know how we can do better. And we got feedback from uh, almost every senior commander in the Army, and that's that's our to-do list now. Okay, we're going to make these even better based on feedback, uh, but but you got to be able and willing to listen. And that's really, particularly in the installation management business, absolutely critical.
3: Yeah. 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 So uh, but, I don't think I would add to that is is exactly that, um, beating the street. Um, Doing what SAR majors do. We walk, we go talk to soldiers, we go talk to families. Um, The spouses are really, really good resource um, because sometimes the soldiers, they get accustomed to, hey, I I need to get to work. I'm I'm doing all of these different types of things. Um, I have what I need to get by until such time as I can figure out what it is that I I need or want. Um, But the spouses are the ones who are kind of just – They're there and they're not going, you know, sometimes to work and and they're having to deal with all of the other challenges. Um, So a lot of feedback from them, a lot of feedback from the soldiers themselves and then leaders. Um, what, you know, and then I, I pride myself on I can I can get the information directly from the source so that I can give it to the CG and, and we can make informed decisions about what policies and the effects that the policies has on on the services that we provide.
0: Yeah, I got to tell you a quick story. I don't know if you ever knew General Zini, Anthony Zini, ever heard of him? Yeah, yeah. So he was my commander at uh, and when I was in CENTCOM, Sergeant Major. So we're overseas in the Middle East and. We had a town hall and he got up there and he says, "You know, four-star gets up there and he says, hey guys, you can give them a little talk about what's going on. I said, you got any questions? And nobody said anything. And so we walked to the door and he said, hey Sergeant Major, let's go. I said, well, I'm gonna stay here for a second and see, uh, see if they got any questions or concerns. He said, well, I just asked them, they're not have So he got in his car and he left. And I got up on the stage, I can't remember the Sergeant Major's name, but I said, hey, look, you guys have any issues? And nobody said, no. Nah. I said, let me tell you something. If you don't say something, it'll never get changed. An hour and a half later I got out and I quit writing stuff. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, so I know all that
0: stuff goes. So go ahead, yeah. sir. Rest of your core company. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, it's so actually soldier family programs, clearly the first. but But number two is the infrastructure that we talked about a little bit earlier. It, yeah. it is... Taking care of the Army's, uh, regular Army's infrastructure. And so, Major, that is everything from from what you see, you know, the barracks, the office buildings, uh, housing that I'll talk about here, here in a moment. But it's also everything underground. It's the utilities and the energy and everything that makes these small cities that are Army installations work, both today but, but also going, going into the future. Mm-hmm. Um, housing, we spend a lot of time with housing. Uh, most army housing here in the, in the continental United States is now privatized. So we work closely with companies, uh, but our commitment as the army is to oversee those companies. And I spend time every single week engaging with this company leadership to make sure that the housing they provide to soldiers and families is the right quality and that it is safe. And it gets back to that quality of life that every soldier in their family deserves. And, uh, while not perfect, any house it's not perfect, we've got work to do. I think we've made great strides as an Army over the past 20 years in quality housing, but we're going to keep making sure it's the right quality going forward. Yeah, yep. you want to me, yeah. I'll pat yeah.
0: me on the back because I was in the Army with the chief when we started privatization housing. For that. And it was, yep. I thought it was a great decision because we couldn't – really, the reason we did that, we couldn't maintain the house. And we didn't yep. have the money to maintain, and it was yep. falling apart. So, Sergeant, I didn't cut you off. Go ahead, buddy. Yep.
3: No, so the same thing is and the, the emphasis on barracks. We, we made a promise to the American people that we're going to take care of their sons and daughters um, and having them when they join the Army. And so we want to make sure that we have those quality barracks out there uh, for those soldiers. And And I will tell you, SMA, it is it is a chore and it is a challenge. But we are absolutely on top of it when it comes to the Army and the Army senior leaders and the emphasis that they have placed on this. Um, I love it. Um, you know, I get, you know, we put some stuff in there for the, the thing, we do some pilots and we get some feedback from some soldiers and, and they're loving where they're living and it makes them, you know, and then we, we're working on where they're going to work. And, and, you know, as we modernize, um, our equipment, do they have the the space to come back and and work on that equipment? Um, or the office building that they're working in, that is quality and they feel pride and they take pride in in taking care of of that facility um so that we don't get to a point where we gotta go to social media to complain about what it is that, that we're offering because we're already being proactive and taking care of.
0: Yeah you don't want nobody to complain on social media. That just always turns out bad. Go ahead, sir.
2: <laughs> I was gonna share with you a story, sir major. So we visited um for Belvoir, uh, probably six, seven months ago, and, and you go check out the barracks. They've made a lot of progress uh, locally and just improving their barracks And, and, you know, we got escorted up to, uh, you know, four, four rooms, you know, the soldiers live in there. And so I mean they were so proud of the rooms. They were so excited to show the rooms and talk about it. Uh, and it just, we walked out just feeling that, okay, that's what the American soldier deserves. Now the fact that they baked cookies for us before we got there had (laughs) nothing to do with it. Um, but they, they were just, you could tell they were happy. They felt safe. Um, they, they were, you know, bonded with the roommates there. And, and I walked away again, being, being the father uh, of two, soldiers i'm like that that's what soldiers deserve and so that's we got to make sure we're doing that all around the world
0: you know that really goes into if you take care of them on those installations they're going to stay in the service is take care of the families they're going to you know but uh, if, if you don't do that i mean you have a you have a tremendous impact on the lives of all the families on those installations hard made you going to say something
3: or? oh no i'm good that's that's that drove it home right there <laughs> <laughs> That's our main mission is to make sure that, that we're taken care of. And I take that serious. So um, you know, as a as a father, um, you know, I know when I took my kids to the college and I'm paying the thirty nine hundred dollars <laughs> for that dorm room, um, you know, I why why wouldn't I put that same quality uh, for our soldiers here in the Army? There
0: you go. Sir, go ahead. Anything else our core familiar? Yeah.
2: No, no, I was getting number three. If that's
3: oh,
0: okay, no, with. no, go I want you to um, get all of them. I'm not going to cut right. you off. So, I thought so maybe you wanted to stop.
2: Interesting. <laughs> so interestingly, so number four is the one that's probably least understood. and We'll get to that in a moment. But okay. Number three is the one that a lot of folks don't realize we do, and it supports readiness and deployability. Yeah. So you know, think about when you when you would go down to range ops, uh, you know, when you would go out and you would see the folks in the tower help uh, helping in a multi-purpose range complex. You go to task C to get training aids and devices. Those are all MCOM professionals. Yeah. And we do that in support of all the units that are there to make sure that, you know, when that young soldier shows up and they go to the engagement skills trainer, it's an MCOM professional providing that so that sergeant can train train that soldier. The mission training center, there to be able to that when that platoon, that company trooper battery is in simulation, MCOM professional supporting that chain of command. They go out to the ranges the same way. And then when it's time for that unit to deploy, the, the railhead the airfield, all of those things, we provide that in support of their units to make sure that the Army can do what it needs to do for the joint force. And you know, I talked up front about what an incredible job this is, um, but the, the pride we feel in those garrisons supporting those chains of command so they can do what the nation asks them to do, uh, just just a, a critical responsibility that we have to support the Army.
0: Yeah. Uh, Major, want to add anything to that or?
3: Uh, Just, you know, when you go to a a deployment readiness center, just understand that those professionals there are there uh, specifically to help you um, do what you need to do to get um, focused on the mission um, so that you don't have to worry about all of the other things that that go along with that. So um, as we said, that's one of those things that It happens, and a lot of people just don't really understand, like, why or how it's happening. Um, And and it's those professionals that are behind the scenes, subject matter experts and and all of that, and and assisting in, in that training.
0: Well, I think most people say something when it
3: doesn't
2: happen. You know, if it doesn't, <laughs> then they're complaining. <laughs> Sir, go yeah. ahead.
0: Number four. Let's go to the last
2: one. Yeah. Number four, sorry, Major. So, base op services. And that's usually where I get people scratching yeah. their head, going, "What are you talking about?" And that is that is all about running these uh, running these cities uh, around the world. And it is everything from groundskeeping and custodial all the way through fire and emergency services to those soldiers and yeah. civilians at the access control point, the gates making sure that our installations are are protected and secure and all the law enforcement protection that goes on there. It is everything in between. Uh, And it is amazing when you go and you visit a garrison team and you talk about all the things they do, again, based on senior commander priorities, to support the senior commander and all the missions that are out there to keep these cities uh, running at the right quality event, about quality of life, about readiness across the board. But uh, that, that's our fourth one. And our garrison commanders not just bring the base op services that we do, but they work with our network partners, our defense health agency partners, all of those to integrate it together to make sure it's what the senior commanders want to happen on their installation. Yeah,
0: I, I, I don't think they've changed. Uh, the, uh, is the garrison or the... Uh Oh, uh, The installation commander, is it full colonel uh, at those installations? Or?
2: Typically. So the garrison commanders, in almost every case, about 60 out of the 80 are um, are, are full colonels uh, you know, selected for colonel command, just like the brigade commander counterparts. Yeah. We've got about 10 to 12 that are lieutenant colonels um, based on the size of the installation. Same thing. Essentially selected. And then we've got just under 10 that are senior civilian garrison managers mm-hmm. uh, based on the missions of those installations. Yeah.
0: Hey, Sir, mm. Sergeant Major, this is a great discussion. I don't want to take a break, but they're going to maybe take a break, so don't you guys go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
2: Sergeant Major. Thanks. We,
0: we got a lot more to talk about, so don't you go anywhere. We'll be right back. You're watching Your Next Mission video
3: podcast.
1: You're watching Your Next Mission video podcast, proudly presented by... Navy Federal Credit Union, the most trusted credit union owned by members of the military community, serving all branches of the armed forces and their families. Their members are the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Purdue Global. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employer's respect. Start your comeback at PurdueGlobal.edu usaa a promise is a trust not to be broken whether spoken with an oath or sealed with a pinky and after 100 years we're still taking care of the military community and their families that's our mission always now back to your host the 12th sergeant major of the army jack l tilly
0: Welcome back. We're blessed to be here today with the Installation Management Command Team, Lieutenant General Omar J. Jones IV and CSM Jason R. Copeland, Command Sergeant Major. And I want all of our viewers to reach out to me directly. Tell us about what topics you'd like to cover on the show. You know, I tell everybody it's it's not my show, it's our show. We're a team, we're a family. You can call or text me at 844-424-1134, or, and I'll reach out to you. I'll actually, uh, you know, call you myself or send me an email at uh, smatilly.com at yournextmission.org. Sir, Sergeant Major, we're heading into our final segment with you today, but uh, I hope you enjoyed just as much as I have. I just have a couple more questions, and one that I think is a great question, what's the motto of uh, MCOM? <laughs> I think that's a good question for
2: you. <laughs> so Major, I learned a long time ago that you know any organization you're in, thinking about what the organization is for is really important, because every organization does a lot, a lot of activity, but what are you for? Why do you exist? And that's our motto. You know, we, we are the Army's home. I mean, you think about it. I mean, in our introductory comments, we talked about where we're from, where, where our home is. And for most soldiers, home is an Army installation. You know, my three sons were raised in Army installations, and they say that. They were raised in the Army uh, and have met on multiple installations, and that's home for them. That's what we do for the Army. That's our four, is to be the Army's home. And when when I think about that, when you talk to most folks, you know, home is kind of an emotional word. You know, it's where you raise your family, it's where you feel safe and protected, it's where you go from to go to work, um, where you have a community, and and we provide that for the army. That's what installation management is all about. And so that as soldiers go and families go from one installation to another. They should still feel like they're home uh, because that is, goes back to the core values and the culture of the United States Army. And, and I think that is what insulation management is all about, is being that home for every soldier, every family member, every soldier for life, every department of the Army civilian. Yeah. That's, that's why we're the Army's home, and that's our motto.
0: Cool. Sergeant Major, you want to add anything to it? Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, yeah. So, I, you know, I love that. Um You know, we we all have or some or most of us have that that sign that says home is where the army sends us. So I joke with the CG all the time and say, hey, sir, we got to add a whole lot more uh, on that sign um, because we have a lot of homes that out there that um, we're responsible for um, ensuring that. So um, we just want that to be uh, one of those things when they're talking about home, they're talking about their installation because they feel at home um, there, whether it be serving in their unit uh or the services and everything that we provide the housing um and and the quality of of whatever it is that that's there um that that really and truly is the home away from home you, you know when i was in the
0: army the uh we had uh, for a while they had motorcycle racing motocross and stuff like that and they had different things what are soldiers and soldier family members like nowadays i mean i don't know if you still do concerts on the installations what kind of you know, activities like that do you
3: uh... do? Well,
2: I'll tell you something, Major. Uh, sorry, Major Copeland, weigh in on this one as well. We, we work this all the time, is is what I say, making sure we're something the community wants. Uh, making sure that we're not doing something because we've always done it um and so we spent a lot of time working with the leadership work with the senior commanders to wh- what does that local community want uh to be able to support them and, and we pick it from a morale welfare recreation perspective you know, were still doing the concerts we had great independence day events on, on a number on almost every installation uh, around the world here earl- earlier this month um, but it really is providing that that community uh, where people can interact together. I will tell you that just as a small example, uh, Joint Base lewis uh, you know, up uh, in Washington State, uh, they-, they brought a public private partnership, or they've got a children's museum on the installation that allows an opportunity for the children to come in, come and interact. It's got meeting space for some of the family members so that, you know, whether it is a deployed service member and the family members want to be there and just spend some time together, or the service member and the family members want to come there together and an opportunity for the kids to to do some things there in the museum. Great creative approach. And there are things like that that we're always trying to make uh, to keep up uh, with that community need that's out there. What do you think?
3: Yeah. Yeah, so I will tell you, SMA, the, the soldiers, um, we as we learned from the boss uh, training forum last week, um, they just want to do activities. They want to get yeah, out. I yeah. Um, we want them to get out, <laughs> out of the <laughs> barracks uh, and, and go and engage with one another, learn from one another. And then so a lot of the activities are centered around um, not just gaming, but. Um, going into a place where um, they can interact with one another and they can learn what, what it is they're going to do. Um, surprisingly enough, karaoke is like one of the top things that they like, they enjoy doing um, right now. And, and pickleball. Uh, we've learned now that yeah, I'm, you know, I'm in pickle in for pickleball on the rise, and they want to go out and do pickleball. And then, of course, um, you have your your groups that want to do the functional fitness. Um, so all of our gyms are kind of being morphed now into functional fitness facilities where they can get in, get a workout in, and then uh, be able to go do other uh, type in activities in and around the uh, the installation. But just being around one another, I think. Um, coming out of COVID, uh, where they were separated, um, now doing a lot more activities. And then bowling is still <laughs> one of those things that, that kind of baffles us. Like, you know, yes, the the young soldiers still enjoy uh, doing the bowling activities and all of those kind of things.
0: Do you still have golf courses, right? Just, I mean, I'm a oh, golfer. That's,
2: cause, cause absolutely, Sergeant Major. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely. Go ahead, sir. No, we've compared notes, and I think it is a rite of passage for every Army uh, child to be an expert bowler. It's just one of those skills you have to learn if you've grown up on Army installations. Well,
0: uh, all the things that you talked about a minute ago, I I suck at bowling. I'm a terrible bowler. I don't know (laughs) if I could play pickleball. Uh, now, karaoke, I'd give it a shot singing. I was singing to the guys in here a little while ago, but uh, they told me to get another job. So I, you know, I don't know about that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I know. Hey, hey let, me, let me tell you something. Thanks a lot for what you guys are doing. You, you're making a difference. I mean, you, uh, uh, I always say that uh, people like yourself are the unsung heroes. A lot of people don't know all the stuff that you do, but you make things happen. You take care of our families. You do a lot of stuff that, uh, again, people just don't know anything about. So from this old soldier, I'm. Now, I'm sure you get a lot of veterans that complain about stuff. So I, I've never complained, but but from this old soldier, I just tell you, thanks a lot for what you do, and keep up the good work. Uh, yeah, you you guys are doing a tremendous job. Go ahead, sir. You want to say something?
2: No, I was going to thank thank you, sir, Major, and for all all your all your listeners out there. You know, clearly, um, you know, they, they've got an interest in soldiers. They've got an interest in our army and army families, and so I, I thank them as well. Please know that every installation out there has a garrison and that garrison is ready, willing to listen and is all about quality of life for Army people and about Army readiness. So let us know what we can do better. Uh, to support people of this great Army, uh, to all the folks that are out there. And so Major, just thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. And uh, you can tell we're both uh, really proud of this command and uh, both really proud to have the opportunity to continue to serve. And it's, it's been great seeing you again and talking with you.
0: I appreciate it. Well, I tell you what, I'm just going to say you got any final thoughts, but I think you covered them already. You got anything else you want to <laughs> say? Any final thoughts, Sergeant Major? I think the Joe got his already.
3: No. So I, I just echo the sentiment. Thank you for um, you know, providing your platform for us to get the word out. Uh, this helps with uh, our communication um, and ensuring that everyone knows what it is that we do. We absolutely love this job. Like, it, you know, the CG said it before, best job in the Army. And, and this is one of those things where when it becomes a passion, um, it doesn't even seem like work anymore. So um, I think that's the main message. Um, besides listening, we listen to understand, not listen always to respond, uh, but to understand your concerns, understand what we can do better um, so that, you know, as you can say, um, hey, I'm in the Army and I have a pretty good home. Yeah, Well, I appreciate it. Well, I'll tell
0: you, one, first of all, thanks for what you guys are doing, no question. The only thing I'll tell you is, is I, I know you do a lot with the veteran community around the installations and stuff like that. So. Uh, keep those veterans informed because, uh, that, you know, just because I got out of the service doesn't I mean I don't love the Army. I love the Army. I'll do all I can for the Army till my dad died. But uh, I appreciate again. I appreciate. All that you do, uh, one team, one fight—you uh, know—will always be related. I tell people we're always related. The only difference is I'm not going to give you any money. I'm not going to share anything with you. <laughs> God bless you. Thanks a lot, sir. Sergeant yes, Major. Major. Thanks to uh, Lieutenant General Omar J. Jones IV and CSM Jason R. Copeland for for being with us today. I'm Jack L. Tilly, 12th Sergeant Major of the Army, and you've been watching your next mission video podcast. And and thank you for watching today. Please visit our website at yournextmission.org and leave me a review. I always say I hope it's a good review, but if it's a bad one. I need that because I need to make this show better. You can also visit our nonprofit and corporate partners there where you can see all the jobs and services that are available. That will assist you in your transition from the military. Please know we want to assist you any way we can. I always like to say that twice. Please know we, the team, the collective team, that's what you are in the military, We want to assist you any way we can. You can follow me on all my personal social media pages, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Rumble. I never thought I'd ever say that, but it's true. I'm out there with you. And if you enjoyed our discussion with Lieutenant General Jones and CSM Copeland, and again, I know that you did, please like us. Click on that subscribe button below. Also, please click on the bell next to the subscribe button to receive notifications of all of our upcoming video podcast releases. Don't forget, we want to hear from you. Leave me a message or send me a text at 844-424-113 or send me an email at smatilly at yournextmission.org. Thanks again to Lieutenant General Jones and Sergeant Major Colvin for really just joining us today. And I know how busy they are, but just being on the show is just a great having on the show. And and at this point in the show, I always give my final thoughts. I would tell you that if you're living around an installation, go meet the garrison commander. Go talk to them. Ask them how you can support them in some way. You know, our, uh, our military does so much for us. Uh, they fight and win our nation's war. So whether or not you're on active duty or, or a veteran, go and help them. Do whatever you can to help them. Be involved. Don't sit back. Don't do nothing. You know, we're all part of a family, and we need to make sure that we uh, take care of each other. Again, thanks for watching, and thanks to New Mind Studios and, of course, our presenting sponsors, Navy Federal Credit Union, Purdue Global, and USAA. We appreciate all you do for our military. And, as always, see you on the high ground. hoo
2: You've been listening to Your Next Mission, brought to you by the American Freedom Foundation. Learn more by visiting yournextmission.org.